My agent called, he said he got some interest in my strip. I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it. I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot. I even got a famous classic case of writer's block. Get it out of my head. Get it out of my head. Hello and welcome to On The Page, the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. I'm sad to tell you that I am not, in fact, Pilar Alessandra. I am Emma Gahan and I've got the honour of being Pilar's roving reporter at the London Screenwriters Festival 2014. And I shall hopefully be meeting some interesting people and wandering around talking to speakers and delegates and finding some kernels of wisdom and entertainment for all of you podcast listeners. Okay, so I am here with Anne Hogman, who is the deputy deputy chairman. Is that the right? Deputy general secretary. De- yeah. Deputy general. That's a hard thing to say it three is, times quickly <laughs> of the Writers Guild of Great Britain. So, hello, Anne. Hi, and welcome to Pilar's on the page. Thank you very much for inviting me. How are you finding London Screenwriters Festival? Uh, well, I just arrived a couple of hours ago, and it's certainly buzzing, and a lot of things happening, and everybody seems to be uh, enjoying it. I haven't been to any of the lectures yet, but. Uh, um, almost everybody I've spoken to um, has been um, happy with them and they're uh, enjoying themselves. They said it's a nice friendly vibe here. Yeah, and a, a nice quality. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about the Writers Guild of Great Britain. I don't really know anything about it. Right. Uh, well, the Writers Guild is, a, is the trade union for writers, chiefly dramatists, screenwriters, uh, television. Um, I'll say them in order of what we got television, theatre, film, uh, animation computer games, books, radio, most forms of writing, really, most genres we represent. Um, so we're still a relatively small trade union in trade union terms, but um, we've been around for 55 years now, since 1959, and um, serving the writing community, I suppose. Uh, I think the most important thing the Guild did in the early days and it still does, is negotiate minimum terms agreements. I don't know if that means anything to you or not, but um, it's basically um, uh, negotiating the minimum rates that a writer will be paid yes. for writing in, in, say, in the BBC. So if yes. you write an episode of EastEnders or um, whatever, there will be a minimum payment um, that's negotiated and also other terms and conditions. I am aware of them within the BBC, um, but are they enforced generally? I know that actually no more in America. They seem yeah. to be much more enforced in America, but trade unions seem to have lost their power here. I mean, how Yes, um, well, the, there is the Writers Guild of America, and I think these days most people have heard of the WGA because mm-hmm. of uh, the fact that they, they've got sufficient weight to um, put Hollywood to a standstill when they had their, um, their, their, their strike a few years back. And we supported that. And I think a lot of people are under the impression that, well, because they can do that and we can't do that here, mm-hmm. that it's somehow weaker position for writers to be in in this country but um, the situation in America isn't quite perfect either I know we have we have regular meetings with the WGA the WGA is a separate organization and that's been around for much longer but the Hollywood industry is much tougher and harder but then so is life in general for working writers in the states and their, their rates are much higher because they haven't got an NHS national health mm. service in America 
Um, so it's very important as part of their deal that they get pension rights and um, medical care because, as you probably know, if you get seriously ill in the States, if you haven't got proper medical insurance, they're you're not high and dry. Whereas people in this country, uh, maybe they take it for granted or not, but they are lucky enough to have an excellent health service so that yes. you don't have to have private medical insurance. Which is something probably you and I appreciate a little bit more because we, we come from Ireland, Ireland yes, where the it is system, not free. No. Um, but it's nevertheless, it's not as bad in Ireland as it is in America, yeah. you know, where you would literally be left to die in a in a you know in a waiting room if, if you didn't have that the wherewithal. That me. That is such an amazing image. Um, and on to uh, less grim ideas um, of. <laughs> um, tell me how a young writer or a newbie writer might benefit from. I mean, should we join the Writers Guild? Should I join the Writers Guild here? You should absolutely. Um, we, uh, we, as we represent writers in every genre, as I just said, and uh, new writers starting off are often the people who need the most help. Um, so a few years ago, we introduced a category of membership called candidate membership, um, which means that a person, a writer, can join before they have any official writing credits, or they've been paid, or had their work published um, or produced. Lovely. Because what would be the, benefits of that? the main benefit there would be the help and advice that we, we can give, impartial, de- honest advice that we give to, to, to writers regardless of where they're, what, what level they're at and, um, and also the contract vetting service we have a free contract vetting service that we offer our members so that, and it's often the first contract is, is, is the crucial one and often the worst one as well because a new writer is understandably very excited and happy when they get that first contract they meet a producer who's just thrilled blah blah and they say oh we'll deal with the paperwork later or oh, just sign this or yes. a lawyer needs that and they, they don't bother reading it because it's just reams and reams of legalese and you feel like yes somebody loves me exactly I've made so it I know and it's so awful that there's so many rascals and rogues that's putting it politely out there who are willing to exploit a new writer and sadly it's well as far as I can see it's virtually an everyday occurrence because people tend to phone me up when the whole thing goes wrong and um, and they've been exploited and taken advantage of and all the rest of it Um, so it's very important that a writer knows their rights we've produced these guidelines for example that you can see on our table Mm -hmm. writing film um, that that uh, explains how the film industry works, for example, in fairly clear, comprehensive terms. And this other booklet here yeah. is for television writers, explaining how the television... And we do similar for theatre as well. Mm-hmm. And we're animation. Um, and do you run events in... We uh, do. And you're based in London? Um, well, our office is based in London, but we do have a fairly active branch structure around the country, in Scotland, Wales, um, around Birmingham, the Midlands, quite active as well, and, um, and Cornwall. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever there's a bunch of members in a place, it's up to them to get going as well. And obviously we help out and we try to encourage people to be as self-sufficient and um, to empower them as much as possible to learn and to take, take, um, take, uh, take control of their working lives. And one of the ways we can do that is by introducing writers to each other so they can form yes, communities of writers. and it teach can be such an isolating thing to do. Such an isolating. Not every writer lives in an island off the west coast of Ireland or Scotland. <laughs> But some might as well do for the human contact that yes, they have. Especially um, if one hasn't actually sold and isn't working in the industry yet. Then. Well, even when a person, even when a writer is working, you know, it can be still quite an isolating um, career because you know you're alone at your computer at your desk. 
and um, even if you have a family you have to work away in your room wherever that is to, to, to work and you're living inside your head a lot as well yeah. so a lot of and a lot, a lot of kind of sort of unhealthy kind of you know psychological problems can develop and and, and, it, and writers can feel isolated and paranoid and you know depressed all sorts of things so it is important to um, to uh, go out and meet people and yeah. also to learn about what's happening in the industry so but apart from the events that we do have, and they tend to be, supposed mostly around London, um, and although we have joint events with other writers' guilds abroad, um, we have a weekly e-bulletin that's incredibly popular. We started this off as an experiment about 14, 15 years ago when we had some news, to t- and this was at kind of early-ish days of, of electronic, and not everybody had an email. But we've had a weekly e-bulletin every Friday, almost every single Friday since then, which is quite an achievement, and it's gone from strength to strength, and every week we put you know, opportunities, news, industry events, um, and one of the most popular features is what other members are doing this week, you know, what, what they're writing. So people like to know what's, what's, what's going yeah, on and finding out, and it's a key community of writers and uh, people would, really appreciate that. I bet they do, it sounds mm. wonderful. Mm. How would people sign up for that? I uh, sign up for which? For, to be a member? No, for the... E-bulletin. Oh, if you're a member, you get it automatically. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so what's the website for... The website... Oh, like we're revamping our website at the moment and currently our website offers a huge amount of free information. Resources. Resources, Lovely. exactly. Does one have to be a member to get the weekly mail out? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and do oh, you have I mean, to pay to become a member? Yes. Candidate membership? Yes, candidate membership is £100 a year, although mm-hmm. that can be paid in weekly or monthly instalments mm-hmm. or whatever. And um, that's for writers who are starting out who haven't been published or paid or produced yes and full membership is £180 a year and that's for um, professional people who have had their work produced or paid for it sounds worth it for the the contract vetting service alone really sounds pretty fantastic yes and also there's a pension scheme which maybe not not, not, not sound so exciting but um, but for television writers it's pretty good again it's one of those deals that uh, the guild trashed out 50 years ago that writers would get a a pension and this was a radical thinking at the time but as the world working world gets more freelance in general things like that really are very important they are it's true I work as a freelancer and the idea of any kind of job security or pension is just like as far as I can imagine from my life Mm. so what do you think is exciting about um, you know writing in in England right now are there particular causes that you'd like to change or things that you're excited about that are coming up Um, well I think I think um, I think British writers don't realise often just how lucky they are compared to other countries we have regular international events with other um, unions and guilds writers guilds from around the world um, where it's often quite sort of breathtaking to realise just how fortunate writers are in this country compared to almost every country in Europe let alone outside of Europe and even compared to writers in America American writers often envy British writers as well for the uh, what they perceive as the greater respect for the writer in this country which makes our writers laugh and thinking, respect eyes, yeah. what, what are you talking about but everything the, I suppose they also see the best of British drama on American television and the best of British writers who go to Hollywood um, and, genu- and of course we have suffered from the same problem here because the best of American television HBO and so on comes here and we think oh wow there's so much fantastic American TV out there so it's a case of the grass is greener we don't see all of the really bad things that are, that are made and, mm-hmm. and pilots that get dropped and so forth so we, get, we, see, we tend to get the best of things and also there's been a bit of a golden age for television in the past 15 years or so starting off with things like The Sopranos and Six Feet Under and um, The Wire um, and these have come about as a result of 
writers taking control and being writer producers by and large and the writers room and um, and so suddenly there is a new sort of respect for writers being in control and and doing quite radical different things rather than churning out same old same old Mm -hmm. so whereas at the same time the film industry seems in America in particular has become um, sort of more juvenile really and turning out generic formulaic scripts and concepts and um, very safe bets not, not very risky things So, but, but um, television can do much more edgy exciting things and I think that's coming over here as well I was thinking um, we don't usually work with a writer's room system in the no UK. and that's that's largely um, a financial problem from time to time there are attempts to uh, make a um, a writer's room um, thing happen here yeah. but uh but nobody's willing to actually pay the writers to sit in the room. That's the difference, that the Americans have a budget to play with and they can uh, pay writers to um, to sit and throw ideas around. So Whereas, it's a salary for your job <laughs> as opposed to paying per page or per script, which is the BBC's general way of doing it. That's right, yeah. Interesting. Um, well, per script usually, yeah. The website, I'll try to speak slowly. I know I'm Irish like you. I tend to, and when I'm speaking to another Irish person, I get even faster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> website is writersguild.org.uk. And like I said earlier, we're, we're revamping it at the moment, so it'll be even better in a few months. But there's a huge amount of information there uh, and resources of all sorts. Um, and uh, if, 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 if any of your listeners or whatever want to find out more, you can drop us an email. Uh, Wonderful. Thank you so much, Anne. So Pleasure. I think we'll learn that the grass is, uh, it might seem greener, elsewhere but in fact um, British writers are quite lucky and should keep writing and join the Writers Guild. Absolutely. (laughs) Wonderful, thank you so much. Pleasure. Hello, so now I have Jason Pittock who in fact won the Blue Cat screenwriting competition last year, is that right? That's right, well it was, yes, this year. This year, 2014? It was in April, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, Tell me about your screenplay. It's called Face to Face, it's about a cosmetic surgeon that destroys the face of a beautiful celebrity um, and his life just unpicks at the seams. Oh my goodness, that sounds wonderful. It's and dark, <laughs> it's pretty dark, but, it, but it's, it's written with compassion as well for the victim in the case. Um, and, and how did you feel to win such a prestigious competition? Oh, it was lovely, it was a really tremendous honour and um, yeah, it was, it was a fantastic validation of what I've been trying to do really. I'm sure, yes. had you won any other competitions before? No, it was the second competition I'd entered. So I was really thrilled and probably a bit lucky as well. (laughs) That is fantastic. So this is the first time you've been to the London Screenwriters Festival. Yes. And now you're sitting at a desk being the face of the Blue Cat screenplay screenplay competition. Is that right? Yes. (laughs) So you don't actually get to enjoy or participate in any of the good things going on at LSF? No, but I sit behind a nice desk with this this blue cloth. (laughs) Are you having some interesting conversations with people? Yeah, in fact, it's a better way to meet people than it would be if I was just wandering around the festival. Yeah, because writers are naturally introverted anyway, so I probably wouldn't have met as many people as I have sitting behind the desk well, yes you're sitting here yeah. so people like me in fact have uh, feel that they can come up and talk to you yes yeah yeah um so who have you met um well i have a pocket full of cards and i'm just going to go through them all at the end of the festival and i've made little notes on the back because it's difficult to remember everybody that you meet yes with little notes about them and it's, i've, it's I've met a, a lot of really good event. contacts through this as well 
because I, w- I live in the north of England, mm-hmm. Bradford, mm-hmm. so I'm quite isolated up there. Mm-hmm. I don't have a, a, a writing community around yes. me. So this is really fantastic way to network. That's lovely. Um, and what kind of advice would you give to um, a brand new writer? You know, there are lots of people who are you know tucked away in the middle of nowhere but you are living in Bradford not exactly the metropolis you know the hub of filmmaking uh-huh. and yet you've managed to win Blue Cat you got two screenplays into the nickel is that right yeah yeah tell me more and I think there was some rumor about the blacklist yes okay go are we going now we're going oh, now sorry. tell sorry. me tell me um yes uh, advice because I'm so isolated I have to try the competitions offer a way of getting my work out there and read in ways that I couldn't have got read otherwise. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I've been entering competitions heavily this year for the first time Um, and I was lucky enough to have two screenplays in the quarterfinals of the Nicole and one reached the semifinals and I got an 8 out of 10 on the blacklist last month. That is extraordinary success. Thank you very much. How does that make you feel? Um, Energised. Yeah, I bet. What an amazing validation. So were you writing screenplays for quite a long time yourself before you felt ready to enter competitions, or how did it work? No, I... um, It's a bit of a long story. I studied for a degree in screenwriting in the 90s and really enjoyed it. I had fantastic times by the beach in Bournemouth probably had too much of a good time um, and I didn't really like the feature I wrote anyway I went into a career in IT 15 years after that and there's a kind of sea change in me when my children were born I just you know I felt I hadn't really given it a good go mm-hmm. so I picked up a pen and started again had another go how amazing that is so inspiring thank you and that you've been rewarded with such success yeah yeah well I'm hoping it will lead to other things what are you hoping it will lead to? Um, I'd love to see one of my screenplays made into a feature, obviously. Yes. Um, and I'd like to break into screenwriting full-time. Yes. Well, I have no doubt that you will manage to make this happen. It sounds like you've got the talent and the dedication, so, uh, yeah, I have no doubt. Tell me now, what advice might you give to a brand-new screenwriter? Um, read extensively. You don't necessarily have to go to the lectures but there's some fantastic books out there, you know, Robert McKee's story. There's lots of resources, including mm-hmm. Pilar, out there. And you can self-educate yourself now with the internet in a way that you just couldn't before. Yes, it's um, amazing. I love that. I mean, film school is, of course, a great thing to do, but you really don't need to, to go to film school nowadays because there's so much available online. And like you say, just being self-motivated to get your writing done, you can get it out there wherever you are. Exactly, and you have online communities. Yeah. Uh, it's a really, it's really reconnected the world, and writers can connect as well, which is very important. Yeah. Given that you spend so much time in your own head. Yes, exactly. How lovely it's been talking to you, James. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. Thank, Thank you, you, and I hope you have a wonderful LSF, even if you are yeah. sitting behind this lovely blue desk for the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm marooned. <laughs> 
Now, I am walking and talking, and I am incredibly excited to be here with Ama Asante, who's basically the epitome of a successful female filmmaker. Ah, oh, thank you so much. Um, really enjoying a thoroughly deserved moment in the limelight. Uh, doing my best to enjoy it. I spend most of my time exhausted, I have to say, Emma, but yeah, managing. Yeah, well, you are incredibly beautiful, which is beside oh, the point of all your you. amazing talent. Um, and yeah, you're such a generous speaker. I was just watching you talking to cues of people after the talk that you gave starting to get used to it now but you know I was once one of those people in the queue and sometimes I still am when it's a, a great filmmaker that I want to speak to so I mean um, you learn to pay it forward yes mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. um, I love it it was interesting sorry we're just navigating the crowd we are hearing all kinds of noises we that are. is why Amma by the way also wears very fabulous shoes all the time which is something I know that Pilar will appreciate I learn to walk <laughs> on my tiptoes <laughs> okay we're going ahead and up stairs here. Um, so why are you here at London Screenwriters Festival? Um, because I am a screenwriter myself. Um, this is very much a, a part of the community I belong to. I see myself as belonging to the community of, of British filmmakers. And, and it seemed that, you know, having had a film out this year and um, having experienced some success, it, it, it made sense to come and share some of my experiences and, and give some advice um, that I've learned over the process myself of the years of, of, of making movies. Movies, really. How wonderful. And of course, you're having a huge success with Belle at the moment. I am. DVD out this week. <laughs> yes, which everybody can buy. I'm um, looking forward to that myself. So what advice would you have for um, up-and-coming screenwriters or filmmakers today? Well, much of what we talked about during the session, which is um, discover your own voice, have value for your own voice, understand that, that you, you know, from your own voice, you have a unique, uh, a, a unique take on, on what will often and what should be universal experiences, really. Um, never give up. I mean, if it's really and truly what you want to do, it's a journey. There's no such thing as an overnight success. So it's always going to take time. And you have to kind of, you have to be in it for the journey. You yeah. have to be in it for the duration. Um, and it's a process and it will always have up and ups and downs. I think even the most successful screenwriters will tell you there are times when projects fail, times when pro projects collapse, yeah. um, some of their best scripts that have never been made, you know, all of those things. But it's a process. And, um, and it's one you have to learn to enjoy as well because mm -hmm. it's full of rejection. I was going to ask, um, how do you find a way to stoke yourself up to deal with rejections, which do come even, like you say, with success? I think you have to make your fear of reje rejection um, um, less important than your drive to be honest with you. I think your drive has to be stronger than your fear of rejection. That's a better way to put it. And and your your desire to tell stories and your desire to to share share your 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 world. And also to understand that you as I say with your voice, you have a unique window um, into worlds that perhaps sometimes film and um, entertainment is the only way that that themes, ideas, issues will be brought to particular audiences. And that actually you're, through you telling your stories, you have the ability to have an impact on the world. And I think that's a really important thing to remember that is just as actors, as filmmakers, as directors, as writers, we have the ability to bring stories that, you know, 
people living in certain parts of the world may never experience other than through film. Yeah. And so I think that's the important thing for me. And, and, and if that desire, that passion becomes stronger than your fear of rejection, that's what gets you up every day. That's what keeps you going through the rejection and, and makes you think, well, you know, rejection in many ways, it's first world problems. Yeah. You know? It's true. That's beautiful. That's really profound. So really to embrace your own particular life, whatever it is, whether you think it's gone exactly the way you'd like it to or not, that you have a particular view of the world. which you have, a, a- you have a particular view that nobody else will ever be able to present quite in that way. And yet with that view, you can connect to so many people. And you can shine a light on issues, subjects, um, journeys that people might never, never embrace without your view. That's wonderful. Tell me something that you're excited about now. I know you're overwhelmed with bookings and hopping across the yeah, world. You know what I'm really excited to? about? I mean, I had a project, speaking of rejections, that collapsed in 2009 during the financial crisis. And because of Belle, um, my producer Charlie Hansen and I in Pinewood Pictures are now able to make that movie. And so it's a 1940s movie that we'll shoot in Berlin um, in uh, late 2015, early 2016. And I'm really, really excited about that. that that's the one that I'm really excited about that now. is amazing well i shall look you. out for it and thank you so much thank such you emma great to talk to you thank you great emma to talk to you Okay, so I am now talking to Daniel Martin Eckhart, who sounds American, but is in fact the most exotic Swiss man we have ever met. Um, uh, hello, Daniel. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> so you were just talking to um, me and my friend, and you were saying some beautiful things about, about writing and, and the, the purpose of life. Wow, you would like me to just... The meaning of life, I'll tell you right now. I would now. like you to tell me on Pilar's podcast, the meaning of life. It's four. Of... There are those people who think it's 42, <laughs> but it's four. It's easier than that. Now we've cleared that up. Thank you, Daniel, and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> would you like to know why? Tell me why. Two and two is? Four. There you go. That's the answer. That's the answer. That's deep. Yeah. Or possibly just, just very shallow. let it, you know, percolate and... <laughs> You'll get it. <laughs> Why do you have plasters on your fingers? Um, you, you are recording injuries? this, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was actually slicing apples. <laughs> I know, it's painful. Oh, my gosh. It was. It's fine now. Does that mean you're going to have to do your future writing with some kind of audio control? Is it going to get in the way of your typing? No, it, it's good again now. But it really was. like The, the moment it happened, I was deep in the middle of, of writing something. And for a while, I had to go like this um, it was kind of awkward Ouch. but that's the thing you can't stop writing yes yeah, so writing we're you, back to the topic <laughs> we're back on topic <laughs> I love going off topic I think you are the first writer that I've ever met who actually enjoys the process of writing and doesn't find it terrifically painful it's like I've, I've never felt that way because it really I mean I showed you the blank page before I mean that to me is just the opening of worlds literally I've, I've never had I, I cannot even the mere idea of writer's block is just silly to me. Wow. You can just, you can take a pen, anything, and you can just scribble a word. You're already writing. It's, um, the only blocker is really the one where you um, think about how perfect everything needs to be that you put on a piece of paper. Yeah. But it doesn't. It's just about writing. And the more, the more consistently you write, the bigger the chance that you learn, you improve, your muscle grows, and you actually produce something that has merit. Mind you, I mean, like the very first script that I wrote, they tell you, 
never show anyone because the first script you write is always crap. Mm -hmm. First script I wrote got me my agent. Because I showed him the second script and he said, well, it's, it's good, but you have something else. And so since I only had that first one yeah. in addition, I showed it to him and he was um, extremely happy with it. And he thought he could sell it in Hollywood right away. No. And he did? No. No, <laughs> he didn't. Mm. <laughs> but it led to a bunch of open doors and some script doctoring and um, all good. That was the start. Amazing. So why do you think most people are so full of suffering when it comes to writing? That's a good question. Why are people... For the life of me, I... I don't understand it. What's, know, the, what's the purpose of life? We're just waiting around for something to happen? Yeah, for some, to be ready or to be perfect. You were, we were having a really interesting conversation before about, about ease... And you seem to have this beautiful philosophy of life, that life should be easy, which as an Irish person, I have a, a sort of inbuilt belief that, you know, work should involve suffering. So anything that I found easy or that came naturally, I tended to discount, to think that it, it didn't count. Whereas you seem to have managed to embrace the idea, which of course is true, that what flows naturally, what feels easy, is what you ought to be doing. Well, absolutely. I mean, from a writing point of view... I've completely found my home. That is what, I, what I've started doing 20 years ago, and I've, I've never had a moment of you know, questioning this. I know that I'll be writing for the rest of my life. Um, and the ease is always there in that sense. What I'm not saying is that it's always brilliant. Mm -hmm. But what I am saying is because I'm constantly writing, I am getting better at it. I constantly improve. What I also realized over time is that, um, you know, as a beginner, as a newbie, you know, you tend to question everything. Of course, you, mm -hmm. you're, you're uncertain. But what I realized over time is that, um, you know, what I question, there's actually one specific moment once where I had a deadline and I just, I, I, for the life of me, I just couldn't do another draft. So I sent in the first draft that I had. And I was terrified. I really thought, like, that just doesn't fly. And they came back to me, and they were extremely happy with it. And that was sort of like a, a moment where I, could just, where I just realized, you know what? Uh, when I am not entirely happy with it, yeah. it's still it's good, good for, for the outside world. Yeah. You know, like, they all um, found it very empowering. I can imagine, and so many people are such perfectionists and hold on and, you know, won't release things till they feel ready and perhaps will never feel ready. Now, you know, in, in the professional world, that's one of the things, too. I mean, you need to realize there's always deadlines and there's always different people involved, producers, directors, sometimes actors, and um, everybody wants to have their say at some point. So you spending an inordinate amount of time creating that perfect draft is a total waste of everybody's time. Um, just write the first draft, get it out of your system. What I do, I do a second draft before I hand it out. Yeah. So, like, my, my first draft that I send out is a second draft. Okay. Um, that goes to them well knowing that it's not in perfect shape. It doesn't have to be because that's where the collaboration begins. A lot of the things that I would have polished and perfected in certain ways will be changing anyway. Yes. So... If I give them the 80%, that's a great starting point to, to go with the collaboration. And then you won't be quite so precious about things changing because you're open to things moving and you have a desire to improve and move things yourself anyhow. 
Oh, I have um, I have a simple philosophy when it when it comes to collaboration. Like actually, like with my first job, that's what my, it almost killed me. My first job were ten drafts, and it's, I mean it's not unheard of. It's just like that was my first job, and I like it's just never going to stop. Um, ever since then, I realized something, and I've been doing it religiously ever since. I write my first draft. Yeah. And there's nothing collaborative about it. That's just me sitting in my cave, writing it. Nobody gets to say anything about it. Mm-hmm. And when I'm done with that draft, I print it. I put it in a binder. I put it on my shelf. And I have all my first drafts on my shelf at home. And nobody ever gets to mess with those. Those will be forever my stories. And then I print that same. Well, you don't print it anymore. But then I'll... You know, PDF it and yeah. send it, and then the collaboration begins. And that is something entirely different. Ah. So, so I have I don't ever have the slightest issue with changing, you know, characters, structures, dialogue, plots. I don't care because it's a different animal. It's yeah. something entirely different from that first draft that I've written for myself for my shelf. And which exists in your man cave. They're all there. How interesting. Um, and you were an actor before you were a writer, is that right? Yep. How do you, do you feel like having been an actor, having been on the other side of the cameras, giving oh, you yeah. insight into... I think, I think every writer should, at, at the very least, like go to some acting seminars, learn you know, from, from the other side. Yeah. Um, find out what that means, how that translates, how, how an actor feels about the words on the page mm-hmm. and how they translate the words. Um, the, the two years acting school was invaluable. I mean, like every character I write, I live. Um, it really, it helps tremendously. Yeah. How fascinating. So I would definitely urge, even like from a, you know, from a human point of view, I think acting school is great for everyone. Yeah, I totally agree. And it is amazing as a filmmaker or as anyone who's creating things, you know, to to realize the vulnerability and terror that you're putting people in this position, you know, because I think being, I'm, I'm often behind the camera, which is a great place to be, I enjoy it very much, but having been in front of the camera, you just have an awful lot more, I think, tenderness and humanity, you know, with uh, in that relationship, if you know how vulnerable it is. And you also, from a from a simple craft point of view, I mean, the you know acting is doing. So you really know when you write something that you have to give the actor the doing. You mm-hmm. have to give him things to act and not just things to say. Um, Very good tip. So those are. What was Sandy Meisner? You know, like I, I went to the the neighborhood playhouse school of the theater, which is an old theater school in New York, kind of like an offshoot of of uh, what. Strasbourg did with uh, mm-hmm. the actor studio, um, and Sandy Meisner created the technique, and Strasbourg did the method. Yeah. Sandy Meisner said very simply, um, "An ounce of behavior is worth a ton of words." That, and the same thing applies for screenwriting too, of course. An ounce of behavior is worth a ton of words. So you really like that's something to live by, you know. Whenever you can show it, don't tell it. Whenever you can. Express something with a tear. Don't let him talk about it. Just show the tear. As simple as that. An ounce of behavior is worth a ton of words. That is beautiful. Daniel, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. You're most welcome.
Okay, I have a very exciting special guest now. I'm standing outside the venue, and would you tell me your name, Ad? My name is Pilar Alessandra. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. <laughs> and how have you been finding your experience at the London Screenwriters Festival? The, the London Screenwriters Festival rocks. I love it here. The delegates are wonderful. The speakers, I can never believe I'm in this kind of company. And the people who run it, uh, Chris and Judy, they are fabulous. They I are recommend it to working. anybody. Yes, they really are. <laughs> Your class that you just did, I have never seen a class so full. There were people sitting on the floor. There were people resting out the doors. They had security guys to turn people away because it was so far over capacity. I think they thought Joel Schumacher was in that class. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I was like, no, I, you know, I was very flattered. It was, it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So That's I love it, great. though. I love it. You get a nice energy from the crowd, from a big crowd. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy it a little too much, probably. <laughs> do people know you from your podcast? I think a lot of them do. I think there are a lot of listeners in the UK and in the UK area. Um, and, and that's wonderful. They come up to me and they tell me that they like the show. Yeah. And, and they, tell me, they tell me certain things, stupid things that I said. And they quote <laughs> things from guests. And oh it's pretty gosh. amazing. Well, yeah. I really hope that I don't ruin your fan base with uh, my attempt at hosting um, your podcast. Emma, I am so delighted that you're here roving, being my roving reporter. I am roving. It's been a pleasure. I think this might be your taxi. Is that my cab? Are you Pilar's yep. taxi? Pilar is going to the theatre. I'm going to the theatre. Thank you for sharing my time, your uh, time with me. This was fact. really, really fun. You've done a great job. You are, I would, I would, I would make you rove anywhere I go. So let's just follow, let's just yeah. go travel. I do kind of stalk you around the world I, I'm as happy. it is. So any further encouragement, be careful with that, Pilar. I'm happy. Let's do it again. Thank you so much, Thank Emma. Thank you so much. Hello again. So now we are out in a little secret garden um, by some water in Regent's Park. And I'm with David McRae, who is a long-time listener of Pilar's show. And um, Danny Iglesias, who is Spanish but lives in the Netherlands. And Laura Viegas. Vijegas. Vijegas. Who's from Colombia. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, so um, uh, you three are delegates here at the festival. David, you've been here how many times? This is my third time. And I was once before in the Cheltenham version when it was the International Screenwriters Festival. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, really third or fourth time. Okay, so you're an old pro. Yes. And um, this is my first time at the festival. How about you guys? This is my first time too. This oh, is my first time as well. Ah, and you guys have um, travelled pretty far, right, Danny? Yeah, it's uh, pretty crazy. It's my first time in London and really <laughs> I love it enormously. Wow. Really. And the festival is great for so far. So. And where have you come from? I've come from Amsterdam. Oh, cool. I'm so. actually going there next week. Hi, so meet. <laughs> yeah, why not? Wandering and talking is like my yeah. favorite thing to do, even when I'm not holding a recorder for Pilar. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you, Laura? Oh, well, I come from Colombia, from Bogota. You came from Colombia to come to this festival? Yep. Yeah, just for this festival. Wow. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. That is amazing. <laughs> That's commitment. That is serious commitment. Um, and what have, you di- what have you guys just come from now? Of uh, the sessions? Yeah. Uh, I came just from Pilar and Lysander's sessions. Ah. Yeah, I was with her as well. Pilar Pilar had a session on the female driving female characters. Beyond the chick flick? That's the one. Yeah, that was Yes, I watched that one too. It is. She's awesome. She is awesome, right? (laughs) We're not just saying that because we're on your podcast right now, Pilar. (laughs) You are genuinely awesome. (laughs) She's holding a gun. (laughs) Yes, I'm holding a gun to their heads. (laughs) 
Um, so it would be really cool to hear like what you make of the Screenwriters Festival. And I know, David, you'll have a different slant having been here uh, several times before. And yep. just from you guys, like being newbies like me, just really interested to hear what you were hoping to get out of it and what's been your Agreed. most interesting experiences so far. I know that you guys have um, done some pitching, which is something I haven't had an experience of this time, and I'd love to hear about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, well, what should I start with? <laughs> How are you finding it? What's been well, the most fun this stuff? Is, this is so, so crazy. This is so hectic. You always want to go to every single session. Uh, it's running because there are so interesting, all of, of, all of those uh, sessions. Um, uh, I found many, many people like Spanish speakers as well. I met a guy from Venezuela, and I met him. Yeah, okay, um, Cesar. 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's a very friendly atmosphere, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. indeed. Yeah. Uh, but everyone, not not just the Spanish speaker. Everyone, everyone's so nice. They're always open to hear you, to talk to you, to hear your pitches. And they also ask you, hey, can you listen to my pitch? Can yes. you can you give me some feedback uh, of my story, of my pitch, of my whatever? And you always say, yes, of course, why not? You exchange some business cards yes. and that's how you network. It's so. like a properly, like, yeah, relaxed networking, building a community of writers. And we're meeting here in London, yes. but you can take those relationships away back to Venezuela or Colombia or Amsterdam or wherever you live. Yeah, I, I was here uh, for this uh, Thursday pitching with Pilar. And um, before it started, I met this guy from France. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was only here because of, of Pilar's pitching Thursday. And uh, at the end of it all, he, te- he told me, sorry, uh, you can uh, call me. Or just write me if you need anything. If I can shut anything from Paris you need, I will send it to you and no problem. Oh, thank you so much. I can do the same for you. Thank you so much. So he was he was really, really nice. Uh, but everyone's so nice. So mm-hmm. so you feel like in, in this real comfortable environment yeah. to get to talk to people. Which is great because there's a lot of fears associated with this whole craft. A bit, yeah. And so you did Pilar's pitching Thursday. And yeah. then did you actually go and pitch at any of the pitching events? Yeah, or? The, the elevator pitch. Oh my God, tell me about that. Uh, uh, that is the fastest thing I've ever done, <laughs> basically. <laughs> because uh, you, you never really know how fast is it until you get into the elevator. You're actually in an elevator? Yeah, you're actually <laughs> in an elevator and uh, the executive just press the button from the next level and then push the button back and that's it. And you have like 20 seconds to, to pitch your story. That is such a wonderfully entertaining idea and so, brilliant practice. Yeah, it's brilliant. How and, did it go? Uh, the first one went really well. I got an email, so I had to send one sheet. And okay, the second one, well... You're going to hear a loud noise because okay. I'm going to give you a high five. Yes! <laughs> yes! Well done. That's amazing. Well done. And the second one, well, it's not what he was looking for. So that's it. That's good. I mean, that there is, is no problem with that. That is really good. I mean, look, there is no such thing as failure, you know? Or yeah. like... Beckett said, was it Beckett? No, fail again, fail better. Always. That's the thing. Like You learn from every experience. Yeah, you're always ones. meeting new people, and yeah. that's important. Yeah, and getting kind of over yourself, which is a brilliant yes. thing to get over, because then we can find freedom. <laughs> um, tell me, Danny, about your experiences. Uh, for me, it's mostly gaining experience, actually, right here, because I'm, I've never been to a festival. I've never been to, to a school, something for school. This is something like a film school for me right away, mm. uh, immediately. So... Uh, I just came back from a, from a pitch fest and it went really great. Only uh, you know this morning. This morning, yeah, and okay. they uh, immediately advised me uh, things. You know, so you got a great story, but you have to go to this kind of people. You know, it's, it's not like uh, the cut off, no, the the sessions or everything. You just go right away, to, like 
go to this person, try to get this person. And I mean, that's so that sort of things I didn't know. And that everyone's really supportive and yeah, trying to direct you somewhere. That just you'll direct find. me in some in a yeah. good direction. And this is the road you need to take. It's perfect for you. And actually, there are kind of people to say because my story is mostly about uh, in Spain. Okay. And they say, you know, it's not the locations we can afford right now, but there are some people around here walking, uh, you know, looking for a Spanish location. And I found just like two of them right now. So I got the card information, and we're gonna meet very soon. So that's that's incredible. Just for my first time. It's, that's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. You can't see Danny's face right now, but he is literally like glowing. <laughs> <laughs> it could be the cold. We're quite cold, shivering cold. out here in the garden. But whatever yeah. it is, the glow is looking good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, will you come back again? Definitely, I come definitely coming back next year, and definitely for more days because I've been only here for three days right now, and I will follow all the sessions as possible because yeah. it's so much informative and. And uh, especially like uh, Pilar's uh, uh, sessions uh, mm-hmm. yesterday, she had like talking about action in your screenplays yeah. and everything. That was something I was really struggling with. And how she explained the things yesterday, I was like, this is my solution. This is just so <laughs> great. And I have the sheet of paper. She, everything. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. She is, she's she like some kind is of drug. Like, brilliant. She keeps telling me, stop coming to my classes, Emma, because I go to them so much. But like, you always come out with such a buzz that you just, it's like a kick up the ass in the best possible yeah. way. The things that she always keeps everything real simple. Yeah. And she uses your stories yes. and she makes to explain the, the concepts yeah. she's, she's trying to explain. So, yeah. so basically... That makes life easier, your writing easier, your ideas are really, really clear before uh, the last session. So, spoiler. That's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Um, and tell me, David, how has it been for you? How does it compare, like, you know, not being a newbie? What I know that you're actually a kind of, you're like a generous old pro. You share tips with, with <laughs> new people. You're really good at introducing people around and helping them. You've even pointed me towards some useful things. But Yeah. No, I've, I found it very useful. I haven't been here a few times. I have helped people with some of their pitches. You know, people haven't pitched before. Um, helping to, from my experience, I've, I've pitched several times and done well in some competitions. So I've really got it quite honed. Nice. And just having general discussions, I was inviting people, you know, if you want, just pitch me. I'll give some honest feedback like I was a producer and I'll say how I think they might react. And I, I remember doing it with Danny and Laura here as well. And uh, there was one girl from, from Finland who was very nice who said, she got more from a 15-minute conversation, 15 conversation with me about pitching than she had with anything else she'd done before, having been to many other film festivals in, yeah. Europe, in Europe. Yeah, so that's a, a nice compliment, yeah. That's amazing. And also, you know, you know what sessions uh, can be really beneficial, and I can recommend some sessions to people. Mm-hmm. Coming here myself, I've got really good value, even though I've been here before, from some great talks. Uh, William Nicholson's talk, you know, and he was talking about, you know, the development of Gladiator, yeah. um, emo- the power of emotion, you know, getting mm-hmm. emotion in the story was just fantastic. Uh, that was value for yeah. me, attending alone. But yeah. there's been some really great sessions and great people. And I, I really see value in coming here for the connections and the people you meet and re- maintain in relationships is really important, just as much as the sessions. I agree. Um, yeah, and it is a remarkable thing to see. Like, you know, like I love watching DVD extra features and hearing those commentaries. Did you guys, I guess you were pitching this morning, but did you watch The Silence of the Lambs? It's fantastic. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so Ted Talley is just sitting right there. We're watching Silence of the Lambs. He's talking about stuff that happened in the script, how it grew. It is just extraordinary to, I mean, it's quite bizarre also to be, you know, watching the brutal scenes in Silence of the Lambs at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning, but yeah. <laughs> all part of the wonderful <laughs> adventure of LSF. Well, he gave real encouragement to screenwriters because sometimes you are scared of um, 
he's adapting a novel which is a, a certain art of its own and yeah. you wonder about the difficulties he really helped to put it in perspective for people who might want to try it I, I know I want to try it I've been talking with a producer in Toronto about a sports novel I mm-hmm. uh, can't say much more <laughs> but um, I was getting space. yeah watch the space but I have it's, it's been interesting to see his perspective and I just I just love the little tidbit the little anecdote he said at the end where uh, the very famous final line of Silence of the Lambs um, I'm having a friend for dinner wasn't actually in the novel it was his line yes. that is priceless that's yes. just screenwriting on its own you know yeah that is that's like as Pilar would say a button to finish a scene but that that's, is a button, that's yeah. the ultimate button yeah yeah that's pretty wonderful um, guys it's been so fun talking to you and thank you so much for being part of my you know fun experience of meeting people at LSF thank okay. you for bringing us to this magical <laughs> secret garden yeah, I, Laura was quite afraid that I think David who has quite a bloodthirsty imagination was telling her that I might be interested in stealing her kidneys but you know <laughs> until now I have my two kidneys so don't worry people it will remain intact how can people um, connect with you guys if they feel inspired and um, want to want to connect with uh, you know some networking I write on, on, a, on a blog that's called Shot on 35 together and if you go Showdown 35 Shot on 35 like Shot on 35 Shot film. on 35 yeah dot com the, dot wordpress dot com wordpress okay yeah. brilliant Danny yeah, I, have a t- I have a twitter at in the crossfire in the crossfire yep easy, nice. to f- easy to find very good people should look out for that and you oh, well I also write uh, on this uh, blog it's called spellinglies.wordpress.com spelling lies spelling lies yeah As well it's untruths. written in Spanish but uh, maybe it's written in, in Spanish yeah well that's good I always um, but, you know want to yeah, learn or, Spanish so or <laughs> Twitter it's cuchilatru Please, si. como se escribe, por favor. It's uh, C-U-C-H-I-L-A-T-R-U. That's easy. That is easy, and that was so much fun. And listen, you guys, um, thank you so much for everything, and thank you all for listening. And let's have, do it. Have, have a, a good, good writing, writing week. week. <laughs>